Hello, and welcome back to The Millennial and the Mom. I'm Maddie, the Millennial. And I'm Katie, the Mom. Mom, aren't you having so much fun recording this? I mean, any quality time with any of my daughters. I don't care if it's a So not just me. Well, I mean, you know, I, it's equal opportunity. I have three daughters and I love them all equally in different ways, but um, listen, I mean, I'm, I'm always just sitting around waiting for that phone to ring. So if I got to do it on a podcast to talk to you, I'm in. Well, that's good that you're enjoying it because today is going to, we're really going to get into it. It's a topic so relevant to myself. I mean, less relevant to you, but at one point it was relevant, um, But today we're talking about navigating your mid to late 20s, which is by far the weirdest age I've ever been. Um, So I'm curious to to hear your thoughts. I'm sure like usual, you're going to put it in perspective for me. Um, (laughs) Well, I mean, if you're wondering about other weird ages you've been through, we could just take a little trip back through your childhood. But I guess that's not what this this show is about today. Um, And I'm actually curious if we reach any sort of conclusion about whether the 20s are any more or less bizarre than other ages. Because let me tell you, the 50s aren't exactly like cruise control at this point for me. I, I don't know if that makes me feel better or worse. I thought it was going to come, we were going to come out of it that nope, once you hit 30, things are looking much, much more tame. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's like a weird, it's definitely a weird age, a weird time in your life. You or in, And from the outside looking in, there are people that feel like or look at least like they have it all figured out. And then there's, you know, other people who are really just embracing that this is like a transition time and they're doing odd jobs and just like trying to discover themselves. And I feel like I'm somewhere like in between and just a weird place to be. Well, I mean, I think that this is going to be a recurrent theme, but seriously, I mean, isn't social media part of this problem? I mean, when I was your age, I was only able to compare myself to the people I literally knew in real life. And as you know, someone who had three kids under age four, by the time I was 28, those were mostly like, gives me chills. I'm so sorry. I don't mean to, I don't mean to give you an upset stomach, but I mean, those were mostly like playground moms, maybe people I saw at the grocery store. I was not comparing myself to people in God knows where living these, you know, extravagant lives. I was just happy to be able to talk to someone about the best diapers to buy. So I think that (laughs) is, I mean, I, I, and and by the way, I I do think that those were huggies at that, at that day and age, but that was, you know, I'm sure that's like not PC now. I'm sure they need to be like organic cotton. I mean, I hope we talk about diapers at some point because I mean, I get the environmental movement, but I would probably do a lot of different environmental things before I would sacrifice my diaper changing. Anyways, we digress. Um, so, no, yeah. I think you're right. I think I think social media is definitely, I mean, like, I feel like every episode we've talked, <laughs> we've said social media is the issue, yet here we are, we're posting on Instagram, we're scrolling, we're, we're people listening to, or we're people that people listen to on the internet. So I feel like we're just, you know, playing our part as much as anyone. Um, but I think, you know, we can definitely just get into it. I think what you what you're saying is right is like people my age now I'm I'm 26 turning 27 this year and it's like yeah I have the entire world in the palm of my hand I can see people from all different you know socioeconomic classes there are people in other countries that pop up on my like for you page or whatever and so it's definitely like there's always someone who looks like they're they've got it more figured out or they're doing better. Or, I mean, there's people who look, I, I'll just be honest. There's people who look like they're doing worse than me too. Like I, I'm not saying like, I, I, I'll give myself some credit, but, um, it's definitely, you know, on days when you feel like, oh, like 
just hasn't gone my way or what, like, what, what am I doing? And then you like open up Instagram and it's like, well, like you mentioned, there are people my age who have multiple kids. There are people who have started their own companies. There are people who, you know, are taking a year abroad or whatever. So it's like, I feel like it, it only ever makes you feel worse. I've never like compared myself to someone on social media and been like, wow, like I'm doing so much better than them or whatever. Like, well, I mean, I, and I guess a couple of things to unpack there, but I do have to tell you as an aside, it took me a little while to understand what you meant. It was, you have the whole world in the palm of your hand. Isn't that a song? And then I was like, no, literally you mean your phone. Yeah. Like an iPhone. Okay. Okay. I get it. I get it. I'm catching up here. Well, okay. To give you a little perspective, I don't know if, I mean, that's not just a you thing. It's not just a twenties thing. I mean, listen, I am 53 and Martha Stewart at 81 is on Rickon Sports Illustrated. So, I mean, not to mention how I think I felt when I had to watch J-Lo, who's just like a year older than me, shaking her booty at the Super Bowl halftime show. I mean, I was feeling a little inadequate. So <laughs> it's not just people in their 20s that feel this way. And I think it's it's that whole idea of like, you know, quote unquote, keeping up with the Joneses, right? And yeah. We used to feel that way when we like drove around or we would see somebody out. We'd be like, oh, look, at they have this, they have that. And I don't know, I mean, social media puts it in your face more, but it's probably more that we have to turn inward and learn to appreciate what we have. And, I, and I'm yeah. probably going to mess up this phrase because it's not about what you have that makes you happy. It's being happy with what you have. And of course, that doesn't mean don't have goals and don't reach for things, but it's also, you know, that attitude of gratitude of really trying to appreciate what you have. But yes, yeah. I mean, it, it's very difficult now to not constantly feel that pressure of more, more, more better, you know, always trying to upgrade something in your life. Yeah, no, it's a really good point. But I think too, like just getting back to like, I mean, we're obviously here specifically talking about your twenties or, you know, age groups in general. And I would say social media is not you know, yes, it's a new, a new layer of complexity on the issues people my age are facing, but I don't think it's like the main problem. I think whether or not you take social media away, a lot of the angst and just kind of questioning and things that people my age are doing are, have probably been the same for, for years. It's like, you know, am I on the right career path? Like what's, what is my purpose going to be? You're a few years out of school. I mean, if you're anything like me, you are not necessarily doing anything that you majored in, or maybe your first job was something that you thought was going to be your dream job. And then it turned out to, you know, not be what you ultimately wanted to do. And so it feels like you're getting to the point where you need to start, you know, going down maybe one track and it's like, well, is that the track I'm currently on? Or it's not too late to pivot, you know, not that you can't pivot at any age. And I'm sure like you, I know you have your thoughts on that, but I think it does kind of feel like- I mean, I have pivoted so much, I'm dizzy. So that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> well, but here's the thing is, I, I think that that is really true because even prior to, you know, me being in my twenties, if you go back, I mean, when I was in my twenties, we were, we were doing some job changing and, and finding ourselves. That certainly had become more common, but the generation before me, if you look at 
like the boomers, I'm Gen X. If you look at boomers, they used to keep their job for like 30 years, 30 years that I didn't even have that experience really my generation. And I think then going through some of the major life events that have happened in my lifetime that started to change, but even more so for you all in your twenties. And we can't discount the fact that we had a major global disruption in the middle of many millennials early careers or the growth part of their careers, even of the pandemic. And that has like, even if you discount a lot of the economic um, disruptions to people's careers that have happened, you know, throughout history, I think the pandemic was really unique in that um, it kind of had everybody rethinking work and what does work mean? um, Mm -hmm. What's the purpose of it? So I, I think that is really true. And you have so many more options now. I I think options are great, but it's almost like there's too many choices. No, I know. And it's like on any given day, you can open up LinkedIn and you can scroll through jobs or, you know, I think too, like, and I don't know, obviously I've only been working like four years. I mean, obviously I had internships in college. And so my work history is like longer than that. But I also think in today's day and age, it's like, you don't want to get too comfortable and commit too much to your job. I mean, I have plenty of friends right now that have gotten laid off from their jobs. We're in the middle of, you know, another, a different type of job market than it's been the past few years. And so it's like, you go from everyone's quiet quitting and we're taking back authority and we're going to set work-life balance. And now you're like, shit, like I gotta, like, I don't want to get laid off. Like I gotta make sure I'm working hard and whatever. So I think to some extent it just, it, it puts the question even more top of mind is like, is what I'm doing, you know, is it meaningful enough to me or does it work enough for my life to be making these sacrifices or, you know, to be, to be dedicating a fair amount of time, knowing that my worth to the company this day and age is, is not that great. Like at any given point, you can be laid off or company go to business, whatever. And I think your generation, it sounds like less so, but even more the generation before, like that wasn't something they necessarily had to worry about. Like you were going to go every day, collect your pension when you retired. And that was, that was your career. You worked at the same company for 30, 40 years. Um, And today that's like unheard of. Well, and I think jobs are also being impacted by changes in, you know, the social fabric. If you look at people in service jobs, I mean, Mm -hmm. they're so much more exposed on the front line to criticism. And I mean, you have a bad day as a service worker and you may find yourself, you know, someone's videotaping you and then you've gone viral. And so, you know, there, there is that, which I, I think is, is really challenging and that's difficult because it's not like you can make a mistake anymore in anonymity and then like learn from it and move on. It's like, it, it's so you know, it's concerning that this could stay with you for the rest of your life. So I do think that is very challenging. And I think that idea around, you know, your dream job, you know, the question is, are those two words compatible? I mean, you know, a job serves multiple purposes, right? It can be something that you're passionate about, you enjoy Mm -hmm. doing, but ultimately it also provides a paycheck. So it's like, are you living to work or working to live? And that's yeah. where I think it gets a little bit um, difficult. And I think the, you know, the difference is there, there is a lot of economic mobility and in your generation, in the sense that people can leave jobs and find another job. Now that's changing. I know that the economy is changing, but there was that sense that like, well, if, if I don't like this, I'm not being paid well, I'll just go somewhere else and I'll be paid well. So 
I think one of the things when I was younger is, you know, part of it was we had kids, but it wasn't, you know, we didn't have the flexibility to be quite as risky because, you know, there were mouths to feed. Yours was one of them. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we thanks for feeding me. I did. Yes. I I tried to feed you. Um, But I do think that, you know, there was more pressure that if, if this, you know, this job is, keeping food on the table. Not that we were, you know, I mean, certainly our jobs were important and we needed the income. Um, But, you know, I think there's, there are people nowadays that have that same pressure. And I wonder how they feel about some of these issues, right? Because they can't afford to go a week or two, you know, looking for a new job or months trying to find a new job. They have to have something and they have that source of income. So that, that maybe plays into it a little bit. Yeah, no, and I think, well, you brought up a point that I definitely want to dive into in this episode is like, okay, so if you if you're new here or you haven't listened to our couple other episodes that are coming out before this one, um, I'm I'm like a newlywed. I'm like I mentioned, I'm 26. I've been married now like seven, eight months um, by the time this is coming out, and so obviously, I feel like, and I live right outside. I work in Manhattan. I live right outside New York City. I feel like amongst my peers and, you know, other people kind of in the circles I run in, I feel like I am I got married incredibly young, which I know depending on where you live and you grew up and, and all of that, you know, you could be like 26. That's an old maid. Who knows? Um, but up here, it's definitely really young to be getting married. Um, at least in like the circles I'm a part of. And so I think that's some of the questions of like, you know, if I want to have kids in a few years, like that's still, even if I'm like 29, 30, that's still putting me years before, you know, when a lot of people start thinking about kids, Mm -hmm. which is its its own separate discussion around fertility and your biological clock, all of that. But I think it's like up here, at least it feels like it's like, your 20s are for just like having fun and just going out and you live with roommates in the city and all of that. And so it's like to feel like you're not necessarily doing that or like, hey, like, I don't know if that's like what I like to do. Or like, I'm already married, all of that. I think that plays even more into like finding your path and all of that. Um, so I'm curious as your perspective, because, you know, you and dad, dad was in business school when my older sister, Abby was born. Um, so I guess like, how did you guys think about like, you obviously had kids young, dad had decided to go back to school relatively young. Mm-hmm. Um, so like what, like, uh, I just, I'm just curious, what was the thought process? Well, I mean, I think obviously we planned our children. I'm going to put that right out there. Yeah. And when um, you guys got married, even, we got married young, yeah. I mean, younger, younger than you were. Um, but I think for us, it, we, it, it wasn't that we didn't put that much thought into it, but it was like, Hey, we love each other. We want to start a family, mm-hmm. you know, let's, let's go ahead and try. I didn't ever feel like it was something that I had to plan out. I think there's this sense of people wanting to do these things before they have kids, right? I hear that a lot. They want to, 
you know, buy a house. Well, we didn't have a house before we had kids. Um, yeah. They want to, you know, do all this travel. Well, we didn't really do all this travel before we had kids. Um, so, you know, I would always kind of joke with people, you can never be thin enough, rich enough, or have enough time to have a baby, right? Because you're never going to meet that requirement that you have. So in some ways, we obviously just jump right in. Um, but I think, you know, now it, it does seem like it's much more a thoughtful discussion, which is not bad. People think a lot about the financial impact of having kids and there absolutely is that there's an impact on your career um we decided to have one income for a while not forever but um and we just made that work because again it's not like we owned a house and we had to keep paying on things that you know we didn't really have a lot so we could kind of craft our lifestyle around the fact that we decided to have a kid and have one income no that's interesting and too i mean dad was getting his mba and then the first place you lived after that was Atlanta in the 90s so cost of living I assume I mean I know still Atlanta is obviously one of the cities that's getting to be more more people are getting priced out but for it's still relatively affordable compared to a lot of areas um I know we we had to make that choice because he was offered that job we could have gone to San Francisco or Atlanta and we had come from San Francisco yeah we knew there was no way we could go back to San Francisco even then even in 1994 on one income with a baby and so that's how we ended up in Atlanta um you know so that was I mean, it was all about choices. And so we could have gone back to San Francisco and I probably would have worked and then we would have been a two income family. So, you know, I do think that there, but if you're in a situation where your life is, as people are waiting longer, they may already have a lot of obligations that's going to take quite a bit of work to undo if you want to make that choice and say, hey, yes. I prioritize. So, you know, people might have to, you know, move to a different part of the country. They might have to change jobs. They might have to sell houses. And that, that's this is not easy stuff. And it's not without financial career and other implications. So I think, you know, that that's part of of the issue that people are having now. And I see why they're taking time and being thoughtful about when to have kids. There is also that sense of like wanting to have fun and do a lot of things when you have kids. I didn't ever feel that. I mean, first of all, like I had a good time with you guys when you were kids. I mean, it it wasn't like, you know, a walk in the park every day. That's, that's a, I'm I'm not going to sugarcoat it, but you know, we were young and we had kids and it's not like we had like this, you know, fancy lifestyle we had to keep up. I do see now like People have things they want to keep up in their lifestyle. And I can see where those might be kind of incompatible with kids. And so they're feeling like they want to do them before they have kids. Um, And that's probably, so that's the pressure of the twenties. It's like, do you need to live it up? Cause you'll never do it again. I can tell you, you know, I, we're starting to live it up now. We're going to do. Yeah. You guys are living it up more than me. I know. Well, but I mean, had our kids young and you're all. No, I know. Well, that's like, that's the divide right now is like, I would love to have kids in a few years. And, you know, my husband and I, like, obviously it's like a, a bigger conversation. We're on the same page. We both want kids. We both would like kids, you know, sooner rather than in 10 years or whatever. Um, but I think the questions are, it's like, is someone going to stay home a nanny especially in these parts or daycare I mean I they're really really expensive it's like you have to have a well-paying second job to even be able to like cover the costs of daycare um 
And so it's like, that's definitely a conversation. Then it's like, well, okay, if someone stays home, then the other person needs to be earning enough to keep up with the cost of living, which obviously in the New York area is, is quite expensive. So it's like, it's a bigger conversation. And I think too, to, to, to what you're saying is I think a lot of people, um, I don't know if it's up here. I went to school in the South. I went to, um, college in Alabama, Obviously, the the conversation around having kids and raising a family down there is so different than the conversation up here. It's really I I I have many people I went to college with who you know have already had a kid or two at, at my age, and it not that I'm sure I'm sure there were conversations and they're the people I'm thinking of are married and and to to my knowledge, it seems like it it was planned. Um, but I feel like up here, having kids is really viewed as like the funds ending, you know, responsibility setting in and whatever. And like, I don't necessarily think that's how I want to feel when I'm having kids. Like I want, I know, like I was so fortunate to have you as a stay at home mom for not my whole childhood, but you know, when I was young, I think you went to back to school and Meredith was like in kindergarten or first grade. Right. Um, and like, I think that's really special. And so like, I don't want to necessarily want to be like, okay, like I'm done having fun. Like let's have kids or whatever. And I, <laughs> I don't know why not, it feels know, like that. But I do think it's portrayed like that. I think you make a good point. I mean, a couple of other things to think about is, you know, number one, you know, children come into the world and into people's lives in all different ways, right? Not everybody is married when they have a kid. Not everybody fine. has planned kids, right? Yeah. So, and these are all okay things. Um, and not everybody who wants to, you know, feels like they're ready to have a baby can have a baby. So that's like, the other issue that stresses you out. Right. So I think that, you know, there is some amount, you've got to be thoughtful, you know, but you also have to be ready for, you know, what life throws at you. But I think you're right. You can't think of it as like, I'm going to have my really fun life. And then I'm not going to have my fun life. Mm -hmm. because, I mean, I think, it, I mean, listen, it's hard to be a parent and it's hard raising kids, but I mean, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. I'm biased. Um, but I think also one of the things that's really true for our family is none of us live by each other, right? Yeah. I've got three grown daughters in three different states on two coasts. We're in the center of the country. And I, you know, it's not like we can have that conversation about, hey, how might I, as I'm downshifting or transitioning my own career, as you're ramping up maybe to add to your family um, or expand your family, how can I be of help? Because, you know, as of right now, like I, that involves me getting on an airplane, which is not a really good like, yeah. childcare plan. No, totally. And that's, you know, it is part of the conversation. I think too, it's also like not the, you know, we just discussed like the funds ending or whatever, but I think too, like there are things I would, I would like to do before having kids. And I know for a lot of people, okay, name one, like there's like places I want to go. I will say also, like I had two and a half years of lockdown in my early twenties, not, I guess maybe more my mid twenties where, you know, you weren't going out with your friends and you weren't right. traveling and whatever. So it definitely feels like my husband and I, like we discussed, we got married in October and we were like, we are so excited to just have like this year, 2023, like we are so excited to just not be planning our wedding anymore. We're, we're going to talk in another episode. We bought an apartment like a year and a half ago, which is another stressful kind of process. And so it's like, we are so excited to just have a year where we can travel and we can do fun things and we can invest in like other areas of our life, whether that's career or friends or whatever, um, without having all this other thing, these other, you know, external factors going on. Um, and I think a lot of people my age do feel like to some extent they need to make up for lost time because, 
you know, they didn't didn't have that for two years, which I don't think any other kind of adult generation can kind of understand what that felt like in your early 20s to be like, no, you can't start your life yet. Like you're going to live at home with your parents again or or whatever it was. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I think every age and stage has some unique lens on the pandemic, right? Yeah. People who had babies during the pandemic and didn't socialize their kids for a couple of years or, you know, young kids trying to learn to read with masks on, on video. I mean, so you're right. I mean, it did impact that sense of kind of like footloose, fancy free, like, Hey, I'm a college graduate, or maybe I got my first apartment or mm-hmm. starting my job. And then, you know, you're like, okay, I'm starting my job. And now I'm just on a video screen. And this wasn't what yeah. I thought. So I, I agree with you um, that that definitely has impacted people. I think, um, you know, that when the time is right, you know, you'll, you'll figure it out. And there's no right or wrong time to, you know, have children. It's like, if you, we had them very young, relatively young and very close together. So we have ended up, you know, by my late forties, my kids were all off to college. Um, and several of them graduated college before I even turned 50. So, you know, it's, and that's, that you give up certain things. I gave up a lot of things to have kids at that age, but I look at, you know, people that I know very well who waited to have kids until Mm -hmm. mid to late thirties. And they had like serious, you know, time to develop their career and, you know, become a specialist in certain things or follow passions or travel. And, and we didn't get to do that. It doesn't mean we're not trying to do that now, or I haven't done that. I mean, I, I did that a lot, even with you guys. I mean, I took on whole new careers and did, you know, graduate degrees and things like that. So it's not really one or the other. Um, there's, you know, kind of pros and cons, I think, to any stage. You know, the other thing that we were thinking um, about during this stage age, which I think is really true in your 20s. It does happen at other phases, but kind of this idea around friendship, because Mm -hmm. I think up till this point, um, when people kind of go into college, they have many people, not everybody, many people have these like high school friendships or childhood friendships. Some of those are going to change. You go to college, you make these intense friends in college, but Many times this actually, I mean, it happened to me and I know it happened to you. It didn't necessarily happen to everybody. Um, You move on from college and those people who literally were like your besties for four years, you suddenly find like, you're not even in touch with them anymore. Yeah, no, I know. And I, I would say I'm in terms of volume, I'm more close with people I went to high school with than people I went to college with. Um, And I think too, I, and it's so interesting, like I have, well, in my childhood and my adulthood, I have moved around a lot, which is an episode in a therapy session for another time. But, I feel um, judged. I feel judged. No, no. Well, I, <laughs> I did the adult movie myself, but I will say I now I, I work and I'm around a lot of people who did not do that. I obviously work in Manhattan, which is a destination for a lot of new grads. And it was like my second one. So I graduated from college. I went to work in Charlotte, North Carolina, which loved the city of Charlotte, not necessarily for the time in my life I was there. Um, I feel like it was, it's a place I would love to like live in my thirties. But I think when I was like 22, I was like, mm, I'm doing banking. I'd rather be doing banking in New York, which is obviously I, I live in area now, but I'm not doing banking. So whatever, you can't time it right. Um, Regardless, but I will say a lot of people I work with and friends I've made in the city, their like entire friend group from college moved to New York together. And so it's like, for them, it was a little bit different than for me. I went to a large state school in the South, like people went to like 
Dallas, Atlanta, Nashville. Some people went to New York. Some people went to San Francisco, but I would say it wasn't like a feeder school to one place. And I know a lot of people, it's like people either moved to San Francisco or they moved to New York. And like, if you're part of that, that's your friend group when you get to that new location. Um, And so it is interesting. And then there are people I know who are like, oh my God, like I have like a hundred close friends from college, but I talk to no one from high school. So it's just, it, it's so personal and like everyone's path is different, but I would say like, yeah, your twenties are a weird time for friendships because everyone's on a different path. Everyone's on a different timeline. Um, And so it's like, I feel like the age I'm starting to get is like, there's kind of the crew that's like settling down, not necessarily the right word, but like people are engaged or they're getting married. Like that's kind of what they're looking to do buy a house and then you have another set of people who you know they're deciding to go back and go to business school go to medical school law school whatever and that path looks really different than someone who's moving to the suburbs or whatever it is Um, well I think a couple of things I mean one is obviously you know you, me, we're, we're coming from a place of privilege that we have these kinds of choices we can make, right? Of course, you know, this whole podcast to, is coming from a place I know, of I just want to make sure I say that. I don't, I'm not so tone deaf in my old age here that I don't realize that like, not everyone has these choices. Like, yeah. so, you know, we are talking about the fact that we have these choices. Um, and there's people that are going to be listening and be like, these, you know, two women, what the hell is their problem? Their lives are so easy. But that doesn't mean that we can't, you can't have struggles with this or people can't struggle with things. Mm-hmm. So I think the thing about friends that I've discovered and I'm still learning in my fifties is like, it's okay to have a really intense friendship or a wonderful friendship. And that it's going to be just for a season of your life. Right. So, and, and that's hard. I think when you're younger to realize, I look back at some of my best, best good friends. I look back at the mom friends I had when you and your sisters were younger. I mean, these are people that I like, was on the phone. This is of course, before, you know, cell phones, um, you know, on the phone or at the park or just like over at their house and like doing the work of like raising young kids day in and day out with. Now I don't live by them anymore. And some of them have moved and we've moved and whatever, but I have not kept in touch with them. Now, a couple of them, it's like, if I do connect with them, it's like, we're right back there. We're at the McDonald's playland, like trying to survive, like get through the day. We tell you McDonald's playland, shout out. I mean, that is like, that was key to me raising my children. However, um, so I think you can kind of mourn the loss of a friendship, but I think it's a little bit more healthy to think about, unless there's obviously some big blow up, but there's, there's friends that you have during certain seasons of your life. And I also think you cannot discount coming back to people because there's some people from high school mm-hmm. that I really lost touch for a long time with because I was at one stage of life, they were at a different stage of life. And I was more of that, like, hey, I'm, I'm married and I've got three kids and, mm-hmm. you know, and the people are like, I don't even like, you know, they're like, can't even relate to that. And so you can come back to people and we've had some of that. I've come back into touch with some people from high school. It's been really, really wonderful because they know a lot about me that other friends that I have don't have any idea about because they yeah. didn't know me when I was that age. Same thing, even some of our college friends, we did lose touch for a while. And now we've been able to like reunite with some of them. We're just getting ready to actually travel overseas and we're going to see one of them. Um, so I, I think- it all is not lost, but 
I think it's hard because you want to feel this sense of like, you know, mourning the loss of a friendship. But I would say sometimes friendships just ebb and flow. Some truly do kind of end and fade away. There always are situations that there's blowups. I mean, I haven't really had many of those in my life, but um, I think thinking about friendships for different seasons, and then there are true lifelong friends, friends that like, oh, you can pick up the phone um, no matter what, no matter how long it's been, and you're going to be able to connect with them. Yeah, no, and I think that's important. And yeah, like there's definitely people who, you know, I think they, they've served a really important purpose at a really specific point in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the ones, like I have a couple of friends, like I've been friends with for over 10 years now at this point. So it's like, who knows, like hopefully those ones stand the test of time, but I would consider those ones to be kind of like the lifelong ones at this point. And, you know, I think too, and something that like my husband and I are just starting to like kind of dip our toes into thinking about and whatever is, and it, I guess too, it depends. Like you and dad obviously met, you weren't in college together, but you both went to the same college. You met at a college party, all of that. And like my husband and I, we met when we were both graduated. We were both living in a city we did not attend college in. Um, and so we have these two really separate sets of friends. Um, he has his friends from growing up in college. I have my friends from growing up in college, but we we have not made a lot of new friends together, mm-hmm. which I think is something in your late twenties starts to be more of a thing. Like you make like couple friends and all of that. So I think, and I know people saying you just talked about it too. Like, and then when you have kids, you make like your mom friends and whatever. So I don't think it's like, if you haven't made your like core friend group in your mid to late twenties, like all hopes lost. Like, I feel like it's harder to make friends as an adult. Like you're not going to school every day. You have your work friends maybe. Um, but it's, it can feel like a lot of pressure when you hear people, like they have these like big group chats and they're going on these girls trips and whatever. And you're like, oh, maybe I have a lot of friends, but they're not all friends with each other. Or maybe I only have a couple close friends. Like, is that wrong? And I don't think there's a right or wrong way to to have a friend. No, I don't, I don't think so either. And there's people who need lots and lots of friends. I have no idea how close those people are to all those different people. I'm not like that. I don't need to have, you know, 50, 10. I mean, I don't need that many. I mean, I need a couple of good people, right. That I can rely on. So I think then you also bring up the idea of couple friends. And let me tell you something. I have been married for 30 years at the time this podcast comes out. Couple friends are tough, right? Because you're talking about finding a couple in which you like, I need to like both people in the couple and, you know, dad needs to like both people in the couple. And we have to kind of all like each other. It's not just about like, oh, I like this one person and he likes this one person and we all get Mm -hmm. along. I mean, so there's different variations of couple friends, but that can be a little bit tricky. And we've never been the type that we have, you know, found, I mean, we have, you know, couples that we're friends with, of course, and we may still, I mean, I, I hope we're still meeting people and, and having new friends, but we haven't been the people that have found these people that we've traveled with and vacation with or like you know, see all the time. Some of that's been that we we've moved around and we've continued to move around, but um, it's just also not really our personality. Right. So I think that's okay. I don't think more is better when it comes to friends. I think it's, you know, different people need different levels of intensity of friendships. Um, But the other thing is um, you were talking about how, 
you know, you have these different groups, you know, you've got your high school friends and he doesn't know your high school friends and stuff, but there are those cross connections. So sometimes you do kind of connect across those groups and you can kind of bring a different perspective to it and maybe, you know, end up being good friends with someone that he knew at a different yeah. in his life. Um, yeah, for it sure. It takes time. Takes time. Yeah. And it's like, if you have to, to get past the phase of like, and I feel like now I'm starting to get there as I've seen these people enough over time and COVID did kind of, cause we were living in North Carolina and we weren't traveling back and forth all the time to be seeing these friends that were not in our cities. Um, and so you do kind of have to overcome that barrier of like, you know, when people, when they all get together, it's like, you don't know these funny college stories they're talking right. about and right. you don't know like what they're like, whatever. So I think it, it does take time, um, to feel like you're like caught up to speed and like, you're not just like the significant other. Right. Um, oh, definitely. In well, the wait, okay. Group. I have a question. Is this true? And you tell me, cause I'm, you're a millennial, you'll know this, you know, these like dating apps. Um, I mean, I don't know them, but do, do they have, like, somebody was saying you now can, like, find a friend on these apps. Yeah. Well, shout out to dating apps. That's how Drew and I met. I know. Um, that's fine. I, I'm not judging dating apps. 2019. I just never, I, um, I've never been on them. I don't understand how they work. I mean, I know Yeah, well, there's work. there's definitely Bumble for friends. Okay, what does that mean? I don't understand Because think this. about it. You move to a new city. You're working remotely. You don't know anyone. Like, how that in modern day and age you can go on and it's just other people looking to make friends in a new city or they're just looking to make more friends so so are you having to like have criteria like how do you choose these people no I mean I've never done the friends one but I think it's similar to the dating one where you put like a little bit about you like where you live maybe where you went to school um and then you know like there's like little prompts at least that's what hinge was was like my favorite tv show is friends and whatever so you can kind of tell as you're going through like okay this sounds like someone like me or this sounds like they like the same things as me maybe we could like you know grab coffee or whatever um but yeah I know people who have definitely definitely done those and I mean I don't know anyone who's like made a best friend from them but I mean do you think like people my age go in there to make friends maybe there's like an over 50 version I don't know. Okay, but wait, we have to talk about something. try it. I, 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 you know what? Maybe I will, and then I can report back. But I mean, that, God, that's a can of worms. I have to get one of those apps. But here's the thing. Um, I do want to, I do want to mention something because I think this is important, uh, you know, even about your 20s and, and um, making friends and all that is there also is real value in connecting with people um, in some sort of friendship at whatever level that are very different in age from yourself. And I think that's the other thing too. I've actually had that happen to me recently on both ends. One is I connected with, you know, this young woman. I mean, she's in her mid thirties, but she's certainly, Mm -hmm. you know, she's a good, you know, probably 18 years younger than I am. Um, and we have a mutual cause that we're, we're both connected to and we've become friends through that. And actually I love that friendship. She's always telling me like, oh my gosh, like you're giving me so much wisdom about these things. And then I'm learning from her about more of her perspective on things. So I like that. And I think it's important to have friends that like bring a different perspective. So sometimes that's with an age difference. Yeah. Other example I have is I got asked to join this book club and it was like a little, one of the women, women in the neighborhood that we had moved into. And I don't know a lot of people in the neighborhood, 
she said, Hey, do you want to join our book club? I'm like, Oh, I love a book club. This is going to be great. So I don't really join this book club knowing much about it. So fast forward, there's 11 of us in the book club and I am the youngest at 53. <laughs> I think there's another woman who might be about 53. There's maybe two more in their fifties. And then I think we completely skipped the sixties and the rest of them are in their seventies and eighties. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that when I first joined this book club, but they are a riot and I love them so much. I mean, the perspectives that we have in this book club, because we've got a good, like, I think there's almost uh, 30 years between me. I think the next, wow. I think the oldest person is maybe 81 or 82, right? So That's crazy. It's crazy, but we get together. There's only 11 of us. It's not huge. We get together and we talk about these books. And it was funny. We were discussing this book once um, about, um, it was written, I, I wish I remember the, the title of the book. Um, it was about one of the um, like chief of staff type people in the White House and his perspective, at, you know, through the years mm -hmm. from a long time ago. And so one of the women, I don't remember what exact topic we were talking about, but one of the women was like, well, what was everybody doing in 1973? And people like going around the table at book club, like saying like, oh, I was like, you know, I had just like moved to DC with my husband and like my young child or whatever. And I'm just like dreading this question. <laughs> it's like, well, I mean, I was three years old, so I don't really remember. And they're like, but it, it is so fun because we all have such a different perspective. So I think yeah. that's the other thing too, is like making sure in your twenties that you don't kind of get sucked into that, like echo chamber of, of all 20 something people. I mean, of course, no, you I have, know you have me. I mean, so, well, yeah, that's, and now everyone has this podcast and you can listen real. to the, the two perspectives, but it is funny because I was, I was just having dinner with one of my friends last night and we were, I was telling her about the podcast that we were starting and we were just talking about like, yeah, like your twenties are really fucking hard and like all this stuff. And so it's like, it's so in the moment, it's so validating, but then, and we're both like anxious people. And I'm sure a lot of people my age are anxious, um, but it can just rile you up to hear someone else is stressed about the same things you are, or someone else has the same questions and you, you're not really getting any answers from them or whatever. But then like in my day-to-day, -day, like I work in recruiting and I recruit like across levels. So some people are like my age and some people are like you got like your guys' ages, like they're in their like late fifties or you know, they're kind of taking like the final step of their career or, or anything like that. And I will say it does. I don't, it's not always a calming presence, but it is kind of like valid that like, okay, like your career and your life, like it's a long time. Like these people are talking, the, the more experienced candidates we work with, like, I'm like, wow, like, okay, you can like do a lot of different things. And like, this turned out fine for this person or whatever. It, it's good to have that perspective. And that's kind of like the book club. I mean, the, the ladies, I mean, with all of their, I mean, they have had amazing, I mean, they've lived abroad, all these like crazy experiences. And it's so good for me to hear it. I also love, you know, the example of them, you know, going out there and doing everything they're doing in their lives at these different ages. Yeah, they sound really fun. No, they are. Oh, they Maybe are. Maybe they can come on the podcast. Oh my God, <laughs> we should have them on the podcast. We absolutely should. Um, okay, but Maddie, I have to make a little aside. You know that like a few minutes ago, you said the F word. Now we're going to have to put that little E by the podcast name saying that this is explicit. Can we beep it out? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll figure that out. The other day I was going to research what words make you have to say it's explicit. I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet, but I think there's a few we can say, but I don't know about that.
anyways. Well, no, I think, I think, you know, your twenties are a crazy time. It sounds like, unfortunately, every other decade is also kind of crazy. I guess life is just crazy. Um, but no, I think it's, I think it's good to talk about. I like just going back to last night when I was having dinner, I think it's, it's sometimes the elephant in the room. No one wants to talk about because I think, and I think as you get older it's less of an issue it's like clearly you've you've started to go further down one path you're either that person that's they're just living in the moment you're you're someone who loves to travel and like you're working to to live and not living to work and whatever or you know you're someone like you're like I'm gonna be a stay-at-home mom that's my path like that's what I love like whatever I think it starts to be more evident like what you're what kind of direction you're going and in your 20s it's still so much like I any one of these could be my path. Yes, yeah. Um, and, and they so might it, all be, they might all be. I went yeah. all in on stay-at-home mom and then I wasn't a stay-at-home mom. And the other thing too is sometimes you don't get a choice. I mean, life will throw you some really wicked curveballs, you know, yeah. maybe a major health issue, a maybe a major family issue, economic issue, um, yeah. or maybe not, not always negative. Maybe there's just some random opportunity comes up and you think, oh, okay, I'll try this thing. And then it ends up, changing your life. So I think that's the other thing too, is like, you know, maybe we should think about these stages as like, you know, we, we like to think of the weather here in Texas. Like if you don't like it, just wait five minutes. Cause you know, some new weather is going to move in. No, totally. Um, so I, I think having that perspective and I will say, you know, I really, really cannot stand like in interviews when people ask you, um, you know, where do you want to be in five years? And because how do I, like I'm barely like thinking five, five days ahead, you know, I mean, yes, it's good to have plans, but then you just like make up these platitudes about what you want to do and it might not happen. So I, I think it's kind of one of those questions we need but to, to the flip side of that is I do think you should talk about your goals. Oh, goals are great, but I don't think you should say in five years, I want to be at this level or at that yeah, level. Yeah, don't put like definitives around it. Right. Say, hey, my goal is to make an impact in this area. or My goal is to stretch myself in this way. You know, if that takes me, because the other thing too is, I mean, if you set a goal and it's supposed to be a five-year goal and you reach it in five months, you don't want someone being like, okay, well, you got to wait another, you know, four years and, you know, seven months until I'll move you to the next level because you already yeah. reached that goal. So I, I think, you know, you, we have to be very open to kind of how the path unfolds, but yes, have those destinations in mind and then be, and be willing to pivot when it doesn't work out. Ah, oh, it's just so much wisdom. Oh. <laughs> I have a lot of wisdom to still learn. Okay. But, um, but anyways, I, you know, I, I do really feel for, um, you know, people at your generation. I think there are some unique challenges that we've talked about, but I think, you know, who knows with the kids, you know, coming up behind you, I mean, think about the kids. I mean, you know, as someone who worked in public education for a long time, I think about, um, the students, you know, especially at the elementary and middle school level who had some real formative years during the pandemic that we're, it's going to be a bit until we understand really how that has impacted them. I know. No. And it's, it's, you honestly, like you almost like can't think about it too much. It's such a mind, a mind trap. It is. Yeah. 
Um, but no, I think you shared some interesting perspectives. I know despite everything you just said, you're still hoping in my late twenties, I make you a grandma. I mean, I was going to say, it's- I mean, if I can just say anything about that, uh, you know, if, if childcare is an issue, I'll work it out. So you don't have to worry about that, but no yeah, pressure. Can you no be pressure. my, my no living au pair? Well, your older sister already asked me that too. So, I mean, I know. And I heard you promised both of us that you could be our full-time childcare and neither of us live in the same, none know, of us live in I the know. same state. Well, I just, so I was of, like, okay, mom's kind of making, the, I, was, I was putting the offer out there, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll make it work. I mean, I can kind of multitask, but that's going to be a challenge for me, but I will, um, you know, I'll do whatever. And Hey, your, your younger sister, if she needs me, I'm there for her too. So, um, we'll, we'll just see, we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, okay. Hold your horses. My, my twenties aren't over yet. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're having a ton of fun doing these episodes. Um, it's honestly, it's it's really like a form of therapy. I'm not sure we're providing anyone any resolution on any of these topics we discuss. It's more so just some more food for thought. Food for thought. And I think, you know, as with anything, when you can kind of pull back the veil and like have people understand what's really going on behind the scenes, because it's really easy to think that everybody hasn't figured out on any of these topics. So to have kind of a realistic take on it, again, a realistic take given, you know, who we are and our background and stuff and knowing that there's always people who have different situations, but we have to maybe be a little bit more thoughtful. And I need to, I'm talking to myself right now. I can't always look at people and go, oh yeah, but they don't know because I have this particular situation. Like everyone's got something, right? That's kind of- Everyone's got, journey. well, now that I have to watch my language, everyone's got some shiz going on. So yeah. everyone's got crap. Everyone's got some baggage. I used to say I have a full set of Samsonite, but maybe that- you have, a, you have multiple luggage carts. I do have some luggage carts, but you know, we don't, we don't, some of those are not going to be unpacked. You know, we just leave those packed up. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Well, that is just a story for another time, I guess. Um, <laughs> But if you're enjoying the show, we'd love for you to leave us a review wherever you're listening. Um, and we hope you um, join us next week as we talk about what will be a little bit of a lighter topic, hopefully. Um, today we always was- say it's going to be a lighter topic, but don't forget, check us out on Instagram, even though we do have a way of bashing social media. We do want to hear from you. Please comment, like, and follow. Comment, like, wait, is that what you comment, like, and follow? follow okay yes we do need those things on instagram <laughs> um and we're at the millennial and the mom that's all squished together as one word and just google how to spell millennial if you're struggling with our instagram handle um is it called a handle yes okay um so and the other thing is um you know send us a message if you've got a topic idea or something you want to hear we are ha- we have some great ideas for some guests and i mean now we just added my my book club ladies onto it they'll be a hoot if we have them on this <laughs> um That'll yeah be the well, boomers the millennial and the mom i don't even know if the internet can handle that but um probably not well mom it's been it's been real um i won't we'll... even charge you for the therapy session that's good. I don't know if I, I think I left needing more therapy. So that's good. You're not charging me because my therapist is already expensive, but, um, it was, uh, it was, we kept it real as always. We'll be back next week and I'll just talk to you later, mom. Okay. As you taught me TTYL. Bye. Bye.